0: Welcome to the Health Design Podcast. I am your host, Moyez Jiwa. My guest today is Randy Redmond Oster, multi-award-winning author of Questioning Protocol, which helps patients navigate the healthcare system and medical professionals understand the patient perspective. She's a nationally acclaimed speaker on healthcare reform, shared decision-making, and patient engagement. Randy Oster, you're very welcome to the show. I'm delighted to be speaking with you today, and I wanted to start with the question I ask all my guests. Why do you do what you do?
1: I do what I do because my son, who has Crohn's disease, landed in the hospital screaming in pain, and I knew nothing about how the hospital system worked, but as he was so uncomfortable and everyone was coming in and out of the room and I couldn't figure out who was who and I didn't recognize a doctor from a CNA. I come from an aerospace background as an engineer and safety is in my DNA. And what happened with me is as I was looking at the people and what they were expected to do, and the processes that they had to overcome, and some of the policies with HIPAA. And I just sat back, even with my son screaming in pain, and said, there has to be a better way. And so how did I get involved in healthcare? Because I'm fortunate to have the industry background from other industries where we had to have very small defects. And to take that and bring it to healthcare became my mission.
0: Well, I need to ask you, is your son all right?
1: Yes. And thank you for asking. But I also will share that he does have Crohn's disease um, and he is on no medication. And so just as a, an aside from that, he manages it for with uh, diet and nutrition and I used a Six Sigma, which is a quality process, and I used a Six Sigma decision tool to help him choose the best way he could manage his Crohn's disease. And it turned out the nutritional approach was what he decided on. And for the last 10 years, he's not had, he's been in remission. So we're very happy.
0: Yes, and so we—that's that's wonderful news. Now you're very well known as the author of the Questioning Protocol. Say a little bit about the Questioning Protocol. So, Questioning
1: Protocol is the story of my son from the moment he gets into the hospital to um, our experience there and the multiple operations that he underwent. And I wrote the book initially to help patients understand the healthcare system and how to navigate it. At the end of each chapter, I explain what they can do now so that they can feel empowered. What happened with me was that the doctors and the CEOs of healthcare organizations picked up the book and in many cases said, we can implement these ideas. And it's fun for me to go in some cases to hospitals and see the ideas from the book In the healthcare systems. Um, And and that, what I didn't know at the time was when we wrote about the patient experience and the patient journey, it was an aha for many of the medical uh, people because they do a really good job at their job, but that whole experience from that first phone call to getting the bill is not something that they have insight to. Mm. And so the book became the book became the the launching of how do we help the providers and the doctors and the nurses and the receptionists and the environmental services people understand the patient perspective.
0: Okay. All right, I'm going to ask you now for a very specific example of something that happened which you then developed into some of the ideas that you put into the questioning protocol, an example of something that you experienced as a mom of this little boy that was a problem?
1: First, I want to say that I am very happy overall with the healthcare system. Mm. And I want to say on an individual level that people want to do the right thing. Mm. Um, What I will share with you is that the design of the healthcare system is based on the siloed approach. So let me give an example. My son has four different medications. I call them four beeping machines, right? These are non-technical terms. But every time the medication ran out, beep, 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 four different medications, four different beeps, all at different times. Mm. And now you're the nurse, and you have eight patients, if the average patient has four different medications, that's 32 beeping machines that you need to go turn off. Every time that beeping machine goes off, it's not a pleasant sound, okay? So one of the things that I observed very quickly was, who designed this? First of all, we're driving the nurse crazy because she's playing beat the clock, right? Because she knows even if she's turning this one machine off, it's, it's she's running into another area. And so what starts to happen is as a patient, you have to develop patience, And you have to have an understanding that the way the system has been designed for the people who are working in the system is really difficult and challenging. And in that case, the example I just gave you is an example of process. Mm. And so so there has to be some process improvements. I want to just share another example. Every time my son wanted to go to the bathroom. He, The machines were hooked up to electricity and the outlet was behind the bed. <laughs> okay, so can you imagine... Right, right, right. So, so who thought of this? Okay, so so, like you're creating work, okay? So you'd have to move the bed. To unplug- okay, so that's an example of place, yeah. okay? When we start to look at the experience, the experience for the patient as well as the experience for the provider yeah. place process policy are all elements that define the overall experience and so so that's those are examples of what i knew from my industry background of what we could start to look at to make improvements that in the patient experience, as well as the clinician, the nurse, and the people who work in the industry as well.
0: Yes. That's a lovely example, particularly the idea that, you know, you have to reach to the back of the bed to unplug this machine so the poor boy could go to the toilet. How do you think they they were able to address that issue? Or or was that something that a problem that you identified as could be fixed?
1: There were different elements of the experience, and some of them are easier than others. And that's why I gave you some things that are in our sphere's control and some things that are out of our sphere of control. And what happens is they're all just as frustrating. But when the people who are working in the system who have ideas and aren't asked what their ideas are you've compounded the problem for them, right? Mm -hmm. So so it's important for the easy ideas that we take the time to say, what can you do to improve this? And I'll give an example. There was a sink that wasn't working, okay? Every every nurse knew that sink didn't work and they would have to walk down the hall to the next sink and the doctors knew this and everyone knew, (laughs) right? Well, eventually, when it finally came to the attention, right, it was easy to fix the sink. And yet, if you're not listening, right, people come up with workarounds. And sometimes it's just, they get on top of each other, and it becomes very wearing and draining. And that's what we need to listen to the people, listen to the patients. But I I am now of the opinion that the people who are closest to the patient have really good ideas that can be within their sphere of control that they can fix, and mm-hmm. we just have to engage them.
0: All right, how do we engage them?
1: Ah, so so this is this is the a wonderful question, and I'm going to talk about the chain reaction because as I've gone out um, and started to talk with uh, the C-suite and the hospital CEOs. The first number that they're concerned about is their profitability. It's just business. And and so what they have discovered is what are the levers? What is the things that affect profitability? And they take a step before that, and they know readmission rates. They know infection rates. Um, They understand that their satisfaction rates, right, all are key to profitability. So if you take the chain reaction, you go one step in the chain ahead, you can focus there, right? Mm. And so they, they start to focus on all those metrics, right? And the, we got to look at the quality networking right? Well, I'm going to share with you. There's a step before that. And Press Ganey has done the research, and they have discovered that teams that are highly engaged have better re- – um, they have lower – infection rates, they have better readmissions, they have higher satisfaction scores. And so now, now you sit down and you go, wow, if I have a highly engaged team, and this is all evidence-based, I am going to get the chain reaction starts, right? I can get to profitability. So we have to engage our teams. Now, here's the trick. How do you do that? And that's the link before that. And the link before that basically says, um, and this comes from industry, and this is what my work is today. He says, you have to understand and listen to the people who work closest in the system, hear their ideas, and implement them. And there is a whole process that we have to do that. It's part of it, the adult if there's an adult learning methodology, we do it as part of Help Me Health, which is the business that I now run, and that ignites their engagement, which you can see the chain reaction unfolds. Okay.
0: So you, you started off talking about the people who are closest with the patient, which is often the relatives, and then you talk uh-huh. about engaged teams, which are the clinical teams. So how do you get the voice of those the relatives through their engaged teams, so engaging teams I, can, I get, but how about the patient themselves? How do you work back the way? There are a couple of ways
1: to do that. And, and I'm going to go back to the people who work in the system, mm. because what they get to see is not a pain, A let me come at this way. A patient has an experience as a data point of one. Yeah. Right. When I went through my healthcare journey, it was my first time, and I didn't know what the next step was, and I had no idea how to even navigate the system. Mm. And yet, the way I handled it, my how I felt about the experience is consistent. I was lost. I was scared. I was confused. I might have had a very different health situation than the person in the room next to me, but the experience for that room next to me, my guess is that person is lost, scared, and confused. Mm-hmm. Okay. When you understand um, the dynamic of how people feel, we don't have to go back to each patient and say, what do you need to do? We need The best practices, we need to ask the clinicians, the doctors, the nurses, how do patients feel as a result of working with you? And what we know through industry best practices is if you can change and flip that feeling to how they want to feel, here's what's going to happen. They're going to listen better. They're going to hear you better and their satisfaction scores are going to go up. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm going to push back and say for the people listening, the doctors and nurses, I happen to know this. If I would say, have you ever been yelled at by a patient? They giggle. <laughs> they go, yes. <laughs> right. Because the experience is creating such anxiety and in in everyone. Right. And if we can and I and and let me say, if we, when we can change how a person feels, it all escalates into a positive for the patient as well as the person working with that patient. And I want to say, and in healthcare, it's not that patients want to feel delighted and excited like they're in Disneyland. This is different. And so I also know um, the secret is to meet that into um, as the true north,
0: right? For okay, go on. You're, you're doing you're doing well. Um, you so we're talking about two clinicians. Clinicians are aware. So, yeah, go on. Okay, so
1: so let me let me just um, step back and explain where this comes from. For those people listening, they go, oh, my goodness, she's so right. I get yelled at by my patients every day. So that's their behavior. Yeah. So if you want to change behavior, mm. here's how you do it. We know that experiences affect emotions, emotions shape attitudes, and attitudes drive behavior. Yeah. If you want your patients to take their medicines, to be compliant, to be able to listen, you have to backward, you have to work backwards and change that experience, okay? And what I do in my work now, which came from questioning protocol, is help the providers shape that experience, And the way you do it, and this is going back to your point earlier, Mm. is it, it's not talking to every single patient and saying, well, you know, what could we do better? The experience is driven by how a patient feels. And if you know how they want to feel and you design that into every step of your process, right? You know what happens? They feel good, not feel good healthy. I want to be careful. Their expectations are are met, yeah. right? So, yeah. so now they're not screaming and yelling. They're they're listening. Um, they have a better attitude, and you get a better behavior.
0: and And so that's the chain. Mm. So, if you were the CEO of a hospital, what you're suggesting is that certainly you should talk to those who've experienced the behaviors, and that's the the, the doctors, the nurses, the other uh, healthcare professionals some of whom have been yelled at some of whom may have experienced other elements of the patient's behavior and then from that work out what were the attitudes what was the emotion behind that and what was it experience that drove that emotion
1: and you'll see consistency okay so here here's and this is the secret now there are ways that you bring teams together and that's that is not The intent of this interview. I'd love to tell you more about that. Um, And if people want to learn more, I'll be able to share that. But this is how we drive change quickly and ignite it in our existing systems. Because when you understand that you're re engineering your experience based on the patient journey from the time they make a phone call to the time they're in the parking lot, to the time they're being released from that hospital, and you have a consistent approach in terms of helping them meeting how they emotionally want to feel, two things happen. One, every single person now understands when they hand off that patient, if they can get that patient feeling better, they're now not more anxious when they hit that nurse. Mm. They're not more anxious by the time I hit the doctor, right? Because the system, I I remember sitting there going, this is designed to drive me crazy because I don't understand what you're talking about. I can't speak your language. No one's telling me when the doctor's coming. I don't understand. I mean, it, it all worked for the people working in the system. But for me, the patient, I was overwhelmed. And so, That doesn't help me calm my son down, doesn't help me feel better, Mm. and that is the secret to change.
0: Okay. So looking across the experiences that you've had and the work you're doing, what would you like to see happen sooner rather than later?
1: I think the big aha for the industry is understanding that competition is going to move much quicker Mm then many times I sense in the hospitals, they understand that to be the case. And so I'll give an example. I remember I met one of the, I met a a chief medical officer at a major hospital and he was involved in the Epic, Epic introduction. And he made a comment. he said, it took us 15 years to develop Epic and it's going to take us 15 years to fix it. And I remember thinking, he doesn't have 15 years because the uh, competition is going to figure out, as as hard as this is for people in healthcare to hear, competition, especially when you have prices at the price points that are here, Mm. you're vulnerable. And so I think, so the answer is, the thing that I would want to change is the understanding that you can't continue to be 20 to 25 years behind other industry, that there are best practices and we can bring them in. And I just need to emphasize that the best practice, when you go to Starbucks or you go to McDonald's and you buy a cup of coffee, Mm. even if you spend more in Starbucks on that cup of coffee, you're not upset because it's the experience. And so here's my message if you want to ignite change quickly and empower your teams to be more engaged, we can help them implement the ideas that are in their control because they have the ideas to create an improved patient experience.
0: Wonderful. That's a wonderful summary. Randy Oster, it's been an honor speaking with you. Thank you so much for your insights. I'm sure we will have lots more questions after this podcast and I suspect that we will want to speak to you again very soon. Thank you. The Journal of Health Design. Better health by design. Visit us at thejournalofhealthdesign.com.